Welcome to Improvement, the podcast show. My name is Ichiro Takahashi, and each week we bring you the person or the message that will help improve your life. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's begin your journey. As I promised, here is the second part of my conversation with Lawrence and Darius, which is also the shortest episode I ever recorded. So, what's left? Well, besides my weird theory of the world and good and evil, we also talked about how much humanity has improved in the last 400 years, the fact that maybe none of our thoughts are in reality our thoughts, why human conversation is a hard task, and despite the short length of the episode, so much more. Anyways, without further to say, please enjoy this short but not less interesting conversation. You know what, what, what theory I have, by the way? Um, I believe that the Earth is a living creature. It's like the head of a human. And this is going to sound so crazy, but it's like a real head. And, and you know that we are, we are complex systems. Our brain itself mm-hmm. is a complex system with billions of neurons. So I think that the Earth, we are the neurons of the Earth. So the Earth needs this dark side and light side. So again, I believe that there's going to exist bad and miserable, miserable people forever because it's necessary for the earth to create this balance. So like we, we as human beings, we create the good thoughts and the bad thoughts of the planets. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's this idea of collective consciousness. But, but the thing is, we assume that we're only negative. Uh, we, we assume that we're only mm-hmm motivated by the negative um but i don't know if you've come across julian blanc and his work where he talks about happiness with a capital h he basically says that a lot of the time we think that we will be motivated by uh scaring ourselves with these negative thoughts with fears of what will happen and whilst that might be a low vibration uh short-term motivation it's only going to get you so far but the optimal state for humans to be in is to be motivated by the good. And that state can be achieved. It's just the thing is we often assume that negative automatic thoughts is the default. And it might be for a lot of people, but that doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be that way. So in theory, if people were to continue to raise their intelligence, raise their social abilities, raise their collective consciousness on an individual level, then I don't see why there would be any reason why humanity couldn't get to a point where the general level of happiness and the general level of negativity is far closer together than it is at the moment. Yeah, I, I believe, I agree with that idea, man. I'm, I'm so super nice, by the way. I would like to see a world <laughs> where, like, yeah, I would like to see a world where, like grandchildren, like lives and it's like yeah. happiness and positivity. But how do you can know that it, that world is the good, is good if you eradicate that, man? Uh, so this is the thing. I don't think we would ever eradicate it, but what I'm trying to say is the difference between the negative, the, the level of negativity that we're used to right now and the potential level of negativity in the future would be different. So the discrepancy in between the two will be more manageable. So for example, I, yeah. sorry, just like if you think about what humanity's suffering would be like 200 years ago compared to now, it's obviously Ooh. much better. It's still negative, yeah. but it's better than it was. Shit, yeah. It's way better, man. 
Like, <laughs> Way like better. 400 years ago, if you disagree with someone, your head will be on a basket, right? <laughs> exactly. And if you think four, 400 years, that's four people's lifetimes ago. It's really not that long. So oh. if we think in the concept of infinity, what could potentially be? I mean, just even the past 20 years, how much things have changed. You know, yeah. I, I think things will develop far more. I agree. Hopefully no. we'll be alive to see it. Yeah, let, let me ask you this in this case. What do you think about this idea that Jordan Peterson talks about and Carl Jung talked about, about the shadow, that we all have to integrate this shadow? So the, the, I, I love Jung. Um, but the problem with Jung, with Freud, with anything that's to do with the unconscious is that we can't study it. It's anecdotal. We can relate to it because we can all uh, see it in ourselves, but it's not something that we can actually test. It's not something that we can measure. And that's what makes it so difficult to generalize this to, you know, to, to wider society to help educate people about it. I think on an individual level to have an awareness of what the shadow is is useful because it might help you identify your own weak spots and maybe parts of yourself that you have been repressing because not everything in the shadow is necessarily negative it could just be that you're lacking confidence in positive parts of yourself that you're hiding in the shadow so overall i i like the idea it's just to be able to prove it to be able to utilize it in a way that will really be beneficial on a wide scale i think is going to be difficult yeah yeah i mean i like your vision of a future of a world where negativity the, neg the negative level of it all of the of the society is way lower than it is nowadays hmm. but part of me i i like what jordan peterson says when he says that good men are dangerous are those that have this violent self inside of them, but they keep it under control, under voluntary control. Mm -hmm. And I am super aware that I have some, and I don't judge myself, some horrible thoughts. Like, mm -hmm. when, you, when you think about horrible thoughts, yeah, I have them. But <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm, I'm not an, an, a homicide or a psychopath. I'm super <laughs> under control. All this dark side of mine is under control mm -hmm. because I choose not to act that way. Mm -hmm. I don't well, know if that let me offer something to yeah. your idea of thought um, within the collective consciousness there is opportunity for other thoughts to come into your your thought process that are not your own thoughts a very unaware disconnected person has no idea that these all these different types of thoughts may not be their own especially ones they don't normally think So if you are an individual that is looking to move forward in your life and to improve, to ascend, to evolve, to expand, um, you know, in a spiritual sense, the more we seek the light, the more we attract the dark. So there's opportunity for the dark to penetrate your thought process, to make you question yourself, to create doubt to facilitate fear within yourself in order to pull you back or to hold you back. So it's to understand all at all times in every moment, is this thought my own or is this thought outside of myself? Do I normally think like this or is this outside of my normal thought patterns? 
Well, well, yeah, that's an interesting, I think, idea because I once read that a psychologist, I can't remember the name, say that we come to the world in some kind of blank state. But Stephen is, Pinker. Oh, awesome. Do you think that we can think thoughts that are not ours? Yes, because everything is energy, including thoughts. Words, thoughts, actions, everything in the universe is about energy or the manifestation of energy. So this idea that we can say, um, I'll refer to telepathy, the idea that you can send a thought without verbalizing something. Well, it's actually truth. I've experienced it myself. Um, and I've also experienced having thoughts that I know are not mine and I've come to understand why that is occurring. So I think it's just very important to distinguish or learn to distinguish self thoughts or thoughts outside of the self. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to, um, uh, to create the clarity within yourself, I think uh, a bigger sense of thought empowerment occurs you 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 begin to understand that thoughts are like friends and you can get rid of thoughts that aren't yours and you can invite more in that are yours and become friendly with those thoughts um, yeah I, i'm sorry i like that idea and i i'm pretty sure that i can integrate that practice so to say to my to my routine um but that is can you Could you, because I'm trying to, to reach a lot of different people, right? So it's my mm -hmm. job to try to ground some ideas. Do you think that based on psychological studies, we can think thoughts that are not ours? Well, the thing that I was actually going to say is I don't ever think we, I don't think we ever think thoughts that are our own. Because if you think about it, what actually are we? It's like Eckhart Tolle says that the identification with the mind is the problem because yeah. the instrument has taken over but really all your thoughts are is a bunch of biological impulses and ideas that you've received from other people anyway we're, we're like sponges constantly absorbing things in our subconscious and in our conscience and mixing it together so what we decide to be our thoughts or somebody else's thoughts is just down to interpretation we, we can't actually ever quantify that we can't measure what it is so i don't I don't think we ever have something which is truly our own thought. Mm. But that obviously is my opinion. You know, uh, oh, it's, fine, this fine. Is, yeah, it's, a, it's a difficult one. Yeah, it's fine. Um, well, wow. It's, it's an interesting realm because I feel that philosophy and, it's, and the spiritual world um, is trying to answer something that science is doing the same, right? It's trying to answer mm. the same. Um, Like, for example, I don't know who, if I ask you guys, I don't know, can you tell me who you are besides being Lawrence and Darius and what you do? Because I'm going to be honest, I, I, can't, I can't tell you. I, if you ask me who I am, I think that I'm some sort of, I don't know, like a stream of awareness in between of my brain. That's the picture that comes to my mind. But I know that, <laughs> I like yeah, that. because I, I know that I'm not my body. I know that I'm not my mind. I know that I can use my body and I need it and my mind, I need it, but my brain. But I don't know the fuck I am. Like when I look to the mirror, if I really try to look who I am, like the self, I, I can picture nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, I think it's because what we are is beyond the self. So like like you just said, you're not your mind, you're not your body. If you were to uh, follow Eckhart, you would notice that you are the observer, you are the the presence behind that is listening or watching what you see and just merely uh, going along for the ride. I think to, no one can say with complete confidence what we are. It's the question that will probably remain forever unanswered. My best guess at it would be that we are consciousness, whatever that is. We are the uh, the energy or the presence which keeps the system running, which is that awareness. That is something that is going to take a very long time. Maybe we'll never be able to measure. But anything else that we try to use to describe ourselves, like um, brother, son, father, uh, teacher, whatever it is, these are labels, constructs of language that we just use to make sense of it all. So when you strip all of that away, like, yeah, like you said, it, it's scary because who are you without those labels? It's It can be daunting for a lot of people. Yeah, right. Those are, to... those are the operative words there, labels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we had to create those labels that like we need to feel the sense of control, right? When you think mm -hmm. about that, it's kind of... We were taught we think we have to. Well, yeah, it's, humans don't yeah. function very well without certainty. So that's mm -hmm. why we're always trying to create certainty. That's, that's why we have stereotypes. We have uh, biases. We have all these like rules of thumb that our brain is trying to constantly use to simplify the world because it is complex. It is crazy. It is yeah. hard to make sense of. That's why we make so many mistakes with these biases because we have to delete information. As I was listening, even within the conversation that we're having, we are providing contrast to the audience because I'm coming from a intended spiritual base. And um, if I may say so, Darius is coming from a more scientific approach where the medical field tends to be more logical or linear in their approach or their thought systems. So I think it's a really great opportunity for a contrast in the different ideas. And the beauty of it all is when we can come together and uh, see the commonalities within the two. I think that sort of speaks to the greater part of this conversation where as a world in its wholeness, if we all regardless of our contrasts and our differences and our perceptions and our origins can come together in commonality and discover the similarities, then we've taken one step closer to what's most important. Yeah. Well said. I, I, I agree, absolutely. Um, I believe that I want to finish the conversation, but we, I want just touch upon a, one last point. And it's sure. about human conversation because you actually um, bring this idea, Lawrence. And what do you think that, and this is a question for you both guys, right? So if you, Lawrence, can give your your point of view and you, Darius, can add something on top of that. Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if there is some sort of psychological bias, but why do you think it's so hard for us to sit and just hold a goddamn conversation where people can disagree in a healthy way? Um, because it represents a threat against the individual's belief system. You know, everyone grows up differently. Everyone grows up 
on a different platform, if you will, with different belief systems, whether it's religion or uh, education or parental uh, beliefs or what have you. So, you know, I'll refer to this whole idea of never talk about politics, sex, or religion, because that can really get things heated up. Um, so I think that's what it is. I think when an individual is not strong within themselves and in their foundation, if something bumps up against that foundation and rocks it a little bit, um, then a little bit of fear or anxiety or defensiveness can come up and challenge that incoming idea that was not initially welcomed. Does that offer a good perspective? Yeah, I think yeah, so, definitely. yeah. I, yeah, go ahead, that is. But by the way, I think that there is no wrong answer. I just, mm. I'm fascinated by this idea that two, three people can just sit and talk without getting all mad around a topic. Yeah, well, I, th I think it definitely comes down to like your degree of openness because um, like Lawrence was saying, if if we're really attached to our ideas and our, um, our sense of self or our... Uh, I think our, our self-image is wrapped up in these beliefs then obviously when someone comes with disconfirming evidence or another opinion it's considered a threat I mean we one of the unconscious biases that we have ingrained in us is a confirmation bias where we're constantly trying to seek out uh, information which confirms the beliefs that we already have and if we're not already trying to seek that out we're trying to manipulate the information we're hearing to fit with our argument that we have in our head already so i think to be able to have a conversation amongst people where we're open to ideas that's going to come down to uh, a lack of de uh, sorry a detachment uh, to your preconceived beliefs and an openness to be wrong to be willing to add to your knowledge base to be able to learn and grow yes that there's yeah. that word attachment. So again, if we live in a detached, objective manner, we are tied to nothing. But mm -hmm. that's very, that's a sophisticated uh, proposal for most people to even yeah. entertain in the slightest way. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is this confirmation bias a condition that is like is, um, what's the world? Are we born with that with this condition that is? Yeah, um, so I, I'm not sure I would call it a condition. It's almost like, a, you know, when Steven Pinker talks about being born with the blank slate, like your brain yeah. being a blank slate, there's say say there's pre-installed rules on it. So the brain mm -hmm. comes with some of these tricks and traps. So a confirmation bias would be one of those. It's because there is so much information in the world, there's so much uh, information that comes through our communication. Our brain has to delete information to be able to make sense of it. And that's why we have biases and we have stereotypes and what have you. They're simplified ways of viewing things so we can make sense of it quicker. Because to be able to take all that information in and make sense of it in such a short period of time, it, it would be impossible. So, yeah, it's not so much a condition. It's more just a, a fault of... <laughs> A fault of the hardware. Um, I would like to add this, if I may. Everything that we are currently going through at this time, in this big year of 2020, both previous to it and for what's to come, 
is leading us forward in a more positive, loving, light-filled direction. We are moving away from the density of hate and fear and selfishness and yeah. self-servitude, and we're moving towards light and love and community and service to other. But in order to get there, all of this ugly has to come to the surface to be cleared. And out of this ugly comes knowledge uh, for the self and for the people as a whole and helps to raise the and elevate the, the consciousness for the individual, which then as Darius was speaking about, it helps to raise it as a whole towards the collective consciousness as well. So with that being said, I just want your audience to know that, that better things are coming. We are moving in a much better direction very, very quickly. And in the six, next six months, they will be very foretelling and we will be propelled forward even further after that. Yeah, I agree with that, Darren. What about you, Darius? I would, I would say to the audience and to you guys as well, whenever we're faced with difficult times with all the chaos that's happening in the world and we're not sure where to start, always start with yourself. That's the one thing that you know you'll be able to control. Even if it's in a small way, even if it's 1% better, that's still better than nothing. Better understand where your biases lie, where your fears are, and work to get better at those. If you can better understand yourself, you'll be better able to understand others and better able to help others in the future when they really need it too. So yeah, start with yourself and you can never go wrong. <laughs>